Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, folks, and welcome to a new episode of Digital Spy Soap Scoop, a weekly podcast where we sit down with some of our favorite people from the world of soaps and talk through the biggest spoilers from Coronation Street, Emmerdale, Hollyoaks, and EastEnders. I'm your host, Ali, and as always, I'm joined by Sophie. Hi. How are you doing this morning, Sophie? I am good, thanks. Do you know what? I'm feeling festive. Oh, I know good. it's November. I know, I know it's November, but I put my tree up. I've got the lights on. It's it's all happening because it's been one of those years. And I feel like we just all need a bit of joy, don't we? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Me and um, my partner have just just ordered our Christmas tree because we just moved into a new flat, and we were like, yeah, let's just go for it um, this weekend, even though it's kind of barely December. Because I just, yeah, I fancy, I fancy just like, end, like, I really feel like I want to end the year and I think Christmas is a good way to do that. So yeah, bring on the mince pies and the tinsel. Definitely, definitely. I used to frown upon people who started too early, <laughs> but this year I'm all for it. So go, go wild. I definitely feel like I've seen a few on my like uh, daily walks. I've definitely seen more kind of early Christmas decorations than I ever have before as well. I think a lot of people are just kind of saying, screw it. Yeah, let's just get into the get into the swing. Yeah, definitely. My Instagram feed the other day it was <laughs> everywhere. Everyone had decorations up. So yes, I very much recommend it if you haven't already. Mm. And the other thing that Christmas brings is kind of the big Christmas soap storylines, um, which we're going to start talking about when we get to the spoiler section, I think. Um, but the other one of the big storylines coming up at the end of this year um, is the Jai and Laurel um, pregnancy story in Emmerdale. Um, and we were lucky enough this week to sit down with Chris Bisson and talk um, to him about what, what, what that storyline meant to him and kind of some of the challenges that came with tackling it. So it's a really interesting interview. Um, it's one of our kind of more challenging storylines that we've talked about. So go in kind of knowing that. Um, but yeah, it's, it was it was really good to talk to Chris. Yeah, really interesting. Very thought-provoking, but like Ali said, maybe not the easiest listen. So yeah, go in, go in prepared. But I, I recommend giving it a listen because he had a lot to say on it. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's been a lot of conversation around the storyline online and offline and from lots of different people. And it, it was quite good to kind of hear from him his thoughts on those issues and and what the storyline was doing and how it was um, being as sensitive as possible to lots of things. Yeah, definitely. He's very clued up. He'd done a lot of research, lots of, they've worked with lots of charities. So yeah, he's very knowledgeable. Definitely. So without further ado, we will hand you over to an earlier version of us. Enjoy. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. It's good to talk. So, um... Jay and Laurel Chris um, have this incredibly tough storyline coming up um, to do with the termination of a pregnancy. Um, and we just want to know, obviously, it's super sensitive. Um, could you tell us a little bit about the charities and organisations that Emmerdale has been working with um, around yeah, this? Well, well, lots of charities and organisations, uh, predominantly for production in the research period um they were working with the charity arc um and they provided a lot of information and statistics and stories to them um obviously the individuals who were involved in the story so the writer will have her own people that she engages with um certainly from the producer's perspective and the artist's perspective um you know the case studies become sort of the one of the bits that 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 we really focus on um, and then obviously there's there's personal experience as well so I kind of break research down into into two areas really there's kind of the headline research that goes on um, which is the reason 
the ITV or Emmerdale want to play the story. And then there's a level of research when it filters down to me. You know, my research mm. is much more in depth and character driven. You know, it's where the case studies become really, really important to, to the way that we, we play the story on screen, the way that the characters think and what what place we need to be at in our heads um and then obviously there's the there's the there's the real life side you know actors uh, writers were all affected by by personal experience and um you know i'm no different um it's a it's a difficult story for me i'll be quite straight about that for you um i have a cousin who has down's syndrome um, and he has been the centre of our family. I spent many, many years, mm. formative years, growing up with him and and looking after him and playing with him. And you know, it's difficult for me. I've, and I've had to have difficult conversations with both charities and with uh, family as well. You know, I had to speak to my auntie because because my cousin is a massive Emmerdale fan, <laughs> and um, you know, I. I wanted her to 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 know that this story was coming and I also wanted to work out you know if he would be watching it and whether he would process the information in the way that it's the, the or he would interpret the information in the way that um that we play it and whether he would be able to make sense of that whether it would be upsetting for him and you just have to be upfront about these things um you know i had to speak to well, i didn't have to speak to but out of courtesy i spoke to um my local down's syndrome support group um who i've worked with in the past um and who i was working with at pride and manchester awards and then and then after that mm. so you know there, these are very difficult conversations and i think the best thing to do is just to be upfront with people about why this story is being played and um and the reasons that it, that it's important to maybe shine a light on something that isn't discussed in in day-to-day life and the reason as you will see when you watch the episodes is heartbreaking um you know people don't feel like they can discuss it because they feel ashamed of themselves and it's it's never a very straightforward thing to deal with and people agonize over it and certainly um i think i alluded to to the the conversations i had with um with our the case study the male case study were absolutely Mm. heartbreaking and um it, it it's not easy because people can be on different pages about things um jay and laurel aren't on the same page when when they get the diagnosis that's for sure um and they eventually i suppose when jay and laurel speak about it she said i won't spoil the episodes but she says some <laughs> some compelling things which which bring jay i suppose on board um in making the decision that they make um although that is um that's a that's a real struggle for for jay yeah i mean I've, like it it's that's kind of obviously the, the the best way to tackle this sort of thing and it's such a you know a big sensitive topic and you kind of want to have the input from all the right people at the right levels um it must be quite a daunting thing kind of being kind of handed this kind of script or these kind of um these kind of stories um were you Kind of what was your experience like? How did you first hear about the storyline? Were you and Charlotte both called in for a meeting? Kind of how did it, how did that come about? How was that kind of given Uh, to you? Yes, so uh, the executive producer, Jane Hudson, requested a meeting with me and um, she wanted to talk about the new story. So she explained what they were thinking um, and why they were thinking about doing it and just wanted to sound me out, see what my opinion was on it. Um, and I'm sure that the same happened with with Charlotte. Um, so we just had we had a conversation about it, and obviously we knew it was a sensitive subject from from the from the get go. Um, but given the research um, that had that had been massed, um, and the writer had obviously researched this story before they pitched it to the production in the first place, and then Jane was was able to fill me in with uh, with some of the background information as to why they thought it was an important story, and that there were a lot of people who were struggling through the circumstances that they would wanted to portray. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's one of those topics, but like Ali said, that has really 
d- divided opinions online as as these things often do. We want to talk a little bit about what we're actually going to see on screen. But can you talk us through how Jay feels about the decision he and Laurel have to make and how his feelings differ from hers? Because I think there's a little bit of a difference, isn't there? Firstly, we go back to the beginning of the story. The pregnancy comes as a massive shock. <laughs> um, they're both in their mid to late 40s and um, it took a bit of time for them to get their heads around the fact that they were having a baby. And then there was all this, there was some uncomfortable moments where they were sounding each other out because they wanted to know if the other person was was happy about the fact that they were expecting a baby. And then it kind of, it comes it, it comes out that, you know, they are both really happy about it. Um, and I think for Jay particularly, his, um, his journey in Emmerdale has been a lot of it has been about babies and that's what's uh, a lot of his storylines have been about babies and his desperate desire to have them um it started with charity and she didn't want to have a baby um and then he got the cleaner pregnant (laughs) and had a baby um we also found out that he had another baby, which his best friend Declan thought was his uh, daughter yeah. Mia. It turns out to be Jay's daughter Mia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, there. Are, he, he's he's always had issues with being with always wanting children, and he has always. Um, always wanted to be a good father and I think that's what's really motivated him he wants to be a dad and he wants to do it well so why do they or can you talk us through why they ultimately make the decision that they do um well it's it's a long and winding road and um it's a very difficult decision um you know it starts with elation at the the fact that Laurel's pregnant and then they get to the scan where they're told that um, there may be some extra fluid um, around the baby's um, the baby's neck, and um, the, you know that could be a sign of a uh, of some sort of chromosomal complication. And they decide to to pursue and go for the CVS test, which is offered to them because uh, Laurel's particularly concerned about her age and the way it'll affect the family and um, she needs to know. And I think uh, Jay's on board with that decision um, because it's a difficult decision to make to even have the test in the first place because mm. I suppose in, in most people's minds is you've got to be prepared for what you would ultimately do with the information that it might give you and yeah. you can either go into that test prepared or unprepared and um, it, it, you know I, I, well I know from personal experience that that, that that it's difficult to to make that decision about whether you have the test or not there is there are so many conflicting things in your mind as to you know how how it could affect the baby obviously you can you can lose the baby there's a very small chance um and then also you your preparation for the results of that test which is something <sighs> Which is which is extremely difficult. Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting here as well is that the father's perspective in a, a story like this can often be overlooked. So was it important to you that Jay's journey had some prominence as well? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm here for the dads. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, men do get sidelined and they do get overlooked in these processes. And, you know, this story, I suppose, you know, it, it's it's... The story centres around Laurel at this stage because she's the one carrying the baby and ultimately she's the one that's going to have to make the decision. And I was keen in my conversations with with the producer that really we voiced some of the the concerns or not not always the concerns, but some of the things that men think and feel. Um... And and I, there was there was one line that we added in, which was you'll have to watch it. But Jay's contemplating that, you know, ultimately he's going to have to live with whatever Laurel decides. You know, it, as much as it's people say it's it's a joint decision. You know, there is a little bit 
it, it's only it's only a joint decision if you're both on the same page. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think that's the thing. And there's so many, like you say, there's so many different. Um, it's so it's so important to bring in lots of different kind of perspectives from within the kind of storyline um, because people kind of like are bringing their own um, thought processes and their own kind of in- internal struggles to this a decision like this and, and getting outside perspectives can be really kind of um, important and shine th- light on things in a different way. Um, to that end, do you think kind of how important was it to have um, Rona and Marlon um play a role in this story or have their perspective in this story, given that obviously they have kind of very happy family with, with Leo. Yeah, Marlon and Rona and Leo, most importantly, are absolutely mm. crucial to this story. And I think we're, firstly, we should kind of acknowledge that, um, that Emmerdale played the story of Rona and Marlon having baby Leo. And that has been a really successful storyline for nearly mm. a decade on screen now. And yeah. the the fact that Leo is in the show um, influences the other characters in the show. And so, so Marlon and Rona, and Jay doesn't actually speak to Marlon or Rona, but <laughs> there is, uh, but Laurel is the one that speaks to Rona. Mm. And... You know, that they are some really, really powerful scenes. You know, I've watched all of the episodes as we, we're preparing for press conferences mm. and to speak to you today. Obviously, I, I need to have seen these episodes because mm. this isn't like any other storyline. You know, it, yeah. we have to yeah. understand the sensitivities around it. Um, and there is um, a five-hander episode um, which only features... Jay and Laurel, Leo, Rona Mm. and Marlon. And that episode, you know, the the balance of that episode is it's critical to see the the other side of this story. And for Laurel and for Jay, for the audience to see uh, the real positive effect that Leo has had on Rona and Marlon and has had an effect and how positive effect he's had on the village. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I alluded to this just now, but this story has obviously caused some discussion and controversy online. I think it's inevitable with topics like this. But was this something that the show was prepared for before they made the story announcement? Oh, absolutely prepared for it. Yes, we understood the sensitivities from the from the very outset. Um and you know it's important that that we've considered that before we we start speaking to the press, and also in the announcement that just that the story exists. Um, it's always one thing preparing for it, but then it's another thing when people have personal stories that are really mm. impassioned and that that play counter to the, the story that you are portraying. Um, and it's also really difficult when people haven't seen the story for them mm. to to make a judgment on how it's been portrayed. Now, you know, I understand that if um, the, the people of, a, of the pro-life perspective, they don't need to see this story in order to know that they disagree with it because they know what the outcome will be. But I suppose just as we acknowledge and respect their perspective. I think it's fair to say that they also need to acknowledge that there is an alternative perspective. And it's not for me to judge as an actor um, on what is right or wrong. I'm just playing a story. And mm. the fact that some people don't agree with it, I don't think it should preclude the show from from playing the story. I mean, you know, it's almost a defense of the arts. And where would <laughs> where would we be if we didn't have stories that were controversial or that tackled issues which are yeah. contemporary yeah. and real? Um, and you, you know, there there are a lot of people that go through this decision-making process and come out with different views every year in the UK. Um, And, you know, that was one of the things from the very start that Jane Hudson was talking about was was that, you know, we had... the, The writer had a very personal connection to it. The production team did... Um, and they understood the the real difficulties that um, that people were having in in trying to come to terms with a diagnosis like this. Yeah, I, th- I think you've, that kind of relatability is so, and we spoke about it before on this show, is, is so key to what makes soap special and, and 
so key to what makes a program that kind of is in the homes of people every day or and every week you know bringing these kind of storylines that people do deal with every year um you know holding a mirror up to that and, and having those conversations in a way that people can kind of relate to is, is such an important part of what makes a soap kind of special well i think it is important and the fact that we're having this conversation and this this conversation is opened up to for debate now yeah. means that people on both sides of the argument can have their say and maybe they understand each other a little better but having you know really delved down into this story and tried to understand what drives this character to make this decision it's become clear to me that you know these decisions can are only in the place of the people that have to make them because there are mm. unique and specific circumstances which will affect everybody's decision at that moment in time and it's not for anybody else to judge them because you need to walk a mile in their shoes yeah. before you yeah. do. Um, and it's, you know, I, we did a lot of, I did a lot of research for for this part. And um, we had some case studies as well. And, you know, the the conversations with the, with the case study were, were some of the most heartbreaking conversations that I've ever had to have when researching um, when researching a storyline and it was very important to me that to play those kind of truthfully honestly and to try and extract I mean it's, it's very unpleasant but to try and extract some of the hurt and pain and try to make the audience understand how that character feels um, you know and that's based in reality. On that, that topic of channeling that kind of that those emotions um on a production side of things i think me and sophie were both interested to kind of hear what it was like to film these kind of intensely emotional scenes whilst you're um obviously we're all still social distancing and and those rules are in place during filming and we're not seeing characters comfort each other in the way that we would normally do has that been kind of particularly particularly challenging during this storyline uh, yes it has um <laughs> it's challenging all the time to be honest with you because yeah. um human beings are incredibly tactile and mm. um you know you want to throw your arms around around those that you love and jay and laurel are no different but we're all having to work at two meter distancing you know there's some yeah. camera trickery to make us look like we're closer <laughs> together um we have lots of restrictions in the studio you know we have lines of control that the cameras can't cross so technically there are things that you probably don't notice, but things like eyelines yeah. and how polished the show looks. Let's put it like that. You know, we have to compromise on some of those aspects as well. Um, and then also we we do need to see characters a little bit closer together than the two metres. And uh, we have ways of getting around that. We spend a lot of time doing something which they call plate shots, which is... A, bore you with the technicalities but basically <laughs> you you sit one character on a bench and you put the other character two meters away you film one character on their own then you swap over you put the 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 character that you haven't filmed on the other side of the bench and the other one the other actor two meters away and then in the edit you chop them together like editing a photo together so uh, um you just edit the videos together basically so that it looks like they're sat next to each other sometimes it works better than others you know <laughs> sometimes the timings when you watch it back you know the timing's a little different so i say something to, i say something to charlotte and she doesn't quite react at the same moment that she did or you know the same happens the opposite way around and obviously they they play with these things in the edit but um there's only yeah. so much you can do you know you can't of course. you can't replicate a performance exactly the same uh, time after time no i find it also yeah. fascinating all the camera trickery um in current in the current climate it just it's just it's just amazing so staying on like a social distancing note um, the storylines, I believe, mention Arthur at some stage. So are the younger cast starting to return to set now, like following the COVID restrictions? Yes. Um, some of the older of the younger cast, if you see what I mean. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. And also some of the older cast who weren't coming into work are now back coming to oh, work. Um, but we did start to ease things off, obviously, as the restrictions ease. You know, what we do at work kind of reflects where the country's up to generally. Um, so the, the kids were scheduled to come back and then it's like, oh no, we're going back into lockdown. Um, maybe we should kind of reduce those numbers. And one of the main things for, for us at Emmerdale is... 
reducing the amount of people that are actually on the set um, and in the studio um, and the amount of people that you come into contact with. Um, and that's, you know what, that's really hard for us on a personal level as well because there are actors on Emmerdale and I watched, the, I watched these episodes back um, to prepare for talking to you and others. Um, and there's a, there's a whole new world in Emmerdale that I have not seen. You know, uh, there are other <laughs> actors and other characters yeah. doing different yeah. things. And it's, I have no idea what they are up to. And I don't even see them at work. You know, you normally kind of, if, you, if, you, if you're in a busy storyline, you know, you might not have read every single scene of every single character in the episodes. You know, you focused on the material that you're working on. Um, and so... You normally kind of get a feel for the show when you're doing scenes in the wall pack and you're bumping into other characters and you say, oh, yeah, what's going on with that murder or what's going on with that affair or, you know, how does that how does that play out? Is there, is there another baby? Whatever the storyline might be. Um, and you kind of pick up all that chatter and, you know, you get a feel for the for, for how the show is. But now we don't even see each other. We, you know, we you go in and you you're allocated your own dressing room, and you don't come into contact really with anyone other than the actor or actors that you're working with, unless you kind of you catch someone who's just leaving the building. So it's a it's a it's a different world that we work in. Yeah, so many people have said that when we've spoken to them about social distancing. So th- they said that one of the hardest things is just not seeing half the cast anymore. That they because they're in like different bubbles and different sets and stuff like that it's um all very strange but very 2020 yeah <laughs> yes definitely um speaking of um 2020 and to, and to pivot slightly as we as we move towards the, the kind of end of our time with you um i'd love to know obviously with, with the within the confines of what you can tell us um, about uh jay's kind of christmas plans uh, we know jane hudson's mentioned a big surprise for emmerdale at christmas and we just kind of what what can you tell us about what christmas holds for uh, for jay and, and what what can you tell us about what 2021 uh, might hold for the character as well <laughs> <laughs> um well um i don't know what i can tell you know you're always trying to put me on the spot and get something out of me aren't you um i suppose the most i can say is the big surprise is not Jay's big surprise. Um, mm. Jay and Laurel are not in a particularly good place moving through Christmas and into the new year. Um, the ramifications of the story that we're playing currently—it's it, it, not—it's um, not over and done with. You know, the the, the decision that they come to is only really the the first part of this story, and the the consequences play out for Jay and for Laurel for for quite some time. I mean, quite how long they play out for, I haven't seen. But, um, you know, I, I know that um, Jay struggles with the decision that they've made. Of course. Yeah, you kind of just touched on this. But to wrap things up, Jay and Laurel, do you think that they their relationship has legs? Do you think they have a long-term future? Um, yes, I think... Um, I think they do. Um, I know that um, having spoken to 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 the powers that be in our building, um, <laughs> they didn't want to, this to break Jay and Laurel up. You know, it, this could quite easily blow a couple apart. Um, what yes. happens in this story, and it does. You know, up and down the country um, every year. Um, but you know, a lot of couples will survive, and some won't. And they wanted to be Jay and Laurel to be the to be a couple that did survive this, um, and hopefully they'll have some happier storylines next year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, fingers crossed yeah. for sure about that one. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Chris. We are about to wrap up now, but it's been great to speak to you and really insightful to hear your thoughts and to hear a bit more about the storyline i think we've covered a lot and um you know i could talk for hours and hours about this but i think mainly in conclusion the really that i would just encourage people to to watch the episodes before forming an opinion i mean i found them difficult to watch back and i found them difficult to play and it's um it's a heartbreaking decision the episodes i think are incredibly well balanced um, and tell both sides of this story. And um, yeah, I just encourage people to watch the episodes first. I mean, th- yeah, they, um, they're definitely worth an appointment to view. Definitely. And yeah. like we've said already, like Ali said, soaps are about holding a mirror up to society. And I think this is something that people go through very silently. It can be very lonely. And I think, like you say, it shows both sides. On that note, we will wrap up this chat. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Uh, you're welcome. 
Anytime. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So there you go. That was our chat with Chris Besson. Um, We hope you enjoyed it and found it um, kind of informative and and useful. I think it was a really good, it was a really good to have that conversation with him before the Giant Laurel storyline starts to air, um, which we're going to talk about now a little bit. Um, So this is the part of the podcast where we um, dig into the biggest spoilers um, for Emmerdale, Coronation Street, Hollyoaks and EastEnders. Um, This week we're talking about episodes that are going to air from the 30th of November to the 4th of December and from Monday to Friday. Um, And yeah, I think we should kick off with Emmerdale after kind of chatting with Chris. Yeah, I mean, Chris covered it mostly, didn't he? And I think it's it's difficult to know how you're going to feel. Yeah, 100%. I think it's worth... giving Emmerdale the benefit of the doubt and seeing and seeing how you feel after those episodes air. Um, so yeah, so that storyline um, kicks off um, this week um, and will kind of, eventually it culminates in kind of a one big single storyline episode. But yeah, the, the groundwork of that is going to be laid um, over the next few episodes. And then it will carry on over the coming weeks. I think Chris was saying there's still, it's still being played out through Christmas yeah. and beyond. And it, yeah, it's going to be really testing yeah. for them. It's going to test their relationship. It's going to test their relationship with other people. But yeah, I think it's a really, I think Emmerdale, you know, kudos for them. For, yeah, 100%. For covering something that they know will be controversial, but yeah. important nonetheless. Um, and then the other things um, we want to talk about for Emmerdale this week. Um, so first of all, um, it's kind of more bad news for, for Moira and Kane. Um, so this week we're going to kind of, you know, get to grips to the fact that they're not really back on track after their kind of rocky reunion. And the episodes that are coming up this week will kind of work out whether they can whether they can move on, whether they, their relationship kind of has a future. Yeah, so I didn't see this coming, to be honest, because they had the lovely reunion episode last week. You know, mm. it was all all very romantic. The sun was setting. But <laughs> by the time next week arrives, they're still not properly back on track. Moira is desperate to get them back on track. She arranges a lunch for Kane's birthday, but he's not particularly interested. And he's quite rude, quite abrupt. And it just doesn't look like things are particularly rosy in Coira land. Yeah, it's a funny one. I think, like you said, like the reunion, maybe the reunion was kind of, that. that those moments were a bit more of like a, a short-term solution to a, to a bigger problem, I think, is the, is the case. Because, um, yeah, like you say, there's going to be a few moments next week when she tries to kind of, she's, you know, she's desperate to get things back on track and, and really kind of smooth things over. Um, and he's going to kind of rebuff her and, and things are not mm. going to work out um, to plan. And then, yeah, towards the end of the week, um, they're going to have kind of one last um, attempt at a big kind of romantic evening, and and I think that's when Moira's going to kind of figure out that things aren't something is something bigger than their relationship is wrong with Kane at the moment, and she she kind of is going to urge him to come clean about what's what's really bothering him. Yeah, so she asks him outright what's yeah. going on, what his problem is, but is left stunned when yes. he drops a bombshell. So we're left to wonder whether they can really fix things after all. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see, Sometimes. I suppose. Yeah. Mm, hopefully they can, but yeah. who knows? Yeah, it's a funny one. Well, it's it's a time of year for everyone to kind of air their dirty laundry, so we'll, we'll see. 
<laughs> we'll see what shakes out. Um, speaking Indeed. of di- speaking of dirty laundry, um, the other um, rocky situation in Emmerdale this week is going to be kind of the ongoing impacts um, of Paul's gambling and how that's kind of impacting various people, um, the Dingles and outside the Dingle family as well. Yeah, this is very interesting because it's showing, like you say, the impact it's having not only on his life, but those around him. And it's going to reach other characters in the village. Liv is the one to mm. get heavily involved next week. And this is all this is all quite shocking, isn't it, really? Yeah, so I think the things we've seen, the, the, the way they've set it up, obviously, is that Vinny knows that um, Paul's gambling again. Um, he doesn't want to be around his mum and dad. So we've seen him kind of move, move in with Liv and Aaron um, for various, um, you know... How well that's going, who will know? But yeah, so Vinny's moved out. Um, obviously, Mandy's like quite upset about that. It's Christmas. She wants family to be together. So she kind of goes to see Vinny, see if she can smooth things over. He's not happy. He wants to avoid her and Paul. Um, and then while that they're kind of trying to fix their relationship, we're going to see Paul um, kind of try and get Liv on his side because obviously Liv knows the reason that Vinny's moved out. Liv knows that Paul's gambling again. Um, and so we're going to have some kind of tense scenes with them. It's going to, I think Liv's going to kind of realise that, you know, Paul's attempts to get get her on his side are, are really more of a threat than anything else. Um, yeah, definitely. And then, yeah, then, yeah like you said, um, it's going to end up with, it looks like Liv's going to have um, a seizure, um, which is obviously quite serious. Um, and then as that kind of happens, that's going to give Paul potentially the leverage to kind of say to her, well, I'll keep this a secret if you keep my secret. Yeah, exactly. And it's sort of left with this question of whether they can reach a deal over their respective mm. secrets. But the secrets are very different. We talk about health. Yeah. Like Liv's seizure is obviously very life-threatening. And Paul's secret, you know, it's obviously gambling. It's mental health related, but it's, you know, he's lying to a lot of people, causing a lot yeah. of problems. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, really. But it is definitely having an impact on everyone he's coming into contact with. Yeah, it's funny. It is that thing. I mean, I keep talking, thinking about when we spoke to Lisa Riley all those weeks ago, and she said, you know, from, from Mandy's point of view, she, she wears a heart on her sleeve. She trusts everyone too much. And, like, this is... We're still seeing that. Like, what will it take from Paul's side of things? When will when will she finally twig that so everything is not as it seems? I know. Probably around Christmas, if I was yeah. betting that. But... <laughs> yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Hmm. Right, so sticking with ITV, um, we'll take a jump up to Manchester and have a look at the big Coronation Street spoilers of the week. Yeah, um, all happening two, in It's Weatherfield. all happening, yeah. The two big storylines that kind of we've all been following all year are, are really coming up now. So we've got, um, firstly, we've got Yasmin's trial um, and kind of the fallout there. Yes, so that is going to play out across the week. You know, it's, it's the moment we've kind of all been waiting for. She's been in prison for all these months. It's all very unjust, all very unfair. Mm. And this is a chance to hopefully get her out, get her back home. But there is, unsurprisingly, somewhat, some drama before the trial yes. even starts as Tim and Jeff have a fight. Jim winds Tim up, makes some very nasty comments. And Tim ends up punching him which is not ideal yeah but also you can't really blame him um i think no. it's it's that thing of last week it was like a big jeff's big problem was that oh oh you know tim's gonna testify and that's not does not look good for me um but yeah like you say he jeff being jeff goads tim into punching him and then like takes a photo and makes it makes it basically so that because of that kind of assault um tim there's no way that tim could possibly testify against him yes yeah, so he's no longer a credible witness which is problematic because, you know, that was a, a glimmer of hope for mm. Yasmin. However, there is still time to turn things around because Elaine's whereabouts are finally revealed. Mm. So she's been missing for a number of months. She came onto the cobbles and threatened to expose Jeff's history of abusive behaviour because obviously if she stands up in court and tells everyone that he yeah. also abused her during their relationship, then Yasmin is more likely to be believed. But she mysteriously vanished almost into thin air yeah so we're going to find out that um it looks like um after she had a pretty nasty run in with jeff where he kind of um threatened her and, and kind of intimidated her um and, and to, to the extent that she was admitted to a psychiatric hospital which is where she's been um the, the, during this time because uh, she's so shaken up um and so yeah tim's gonna go to her try and kind of met you know, heal that, heal that wound, say to her, like, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't believe you, um, but you're going to, you're kind of the key to, to helping this woman. And it's all about, you know, whether she'll, whether she's able to do it, whether she'll, whether she'll testify. Yeah, definitely. I think the other problem is that 
Elaine confides in Tim that she's very scared, even if she was well enough to testify, because she believes that Jeff has been spying on her in yeah. hospital, which is just appalling. And totally believable, right? Mm-hmm. Like if anyone's going to have been, you know, spy, spying on her, it's going to be it's going to be him. A hundred percent. So we're left with the cliffhanger of whether Elaine is going to testify or not, mm. because she really is Yasmin's, or one of Yasmin's only hopes, because as you'll see further down the trial as it starts, Sally's own testament is sort of thrown out of court because they just think it's all hearsay, whereas um, Elaine obviously has actual evidence that he yeah. is a very, very abusive, dangerous man. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out, but it's exciting to be getting to this kind of point in the storyline. We're at the trial, which is always kind of... Where we've been leading, and yeah, exciting. Yeah, yeah, we're going to see Yasmin testify as well. She bravely recall recalls Jeff's coercive and cruel behaviour in court. She tells them very calmly what happened on the night of the bottle incident. But yes, it's it's a tense wait to see whether justice will prevail. Yeah, and it is. It's worth saying, like Yasmin as a character has been such a journey that the hot this whole year, and this moment for her is is a. Is a However it shakes out is, is a huge moment, the kind of bravery that she she shows here in, in standing up and, say, and saying what happened. Um, yeah, really impressive. Yeah. It's been such a... as well. Yeah, it's been such a powerful, impactful storyline. I was actually on a Zoom call the other day with Ian, who plays Jeff. He's a lovely mm. man in real life. You'll be pleased to know. <laughs> and he has been working with Women's Aid to release a single for the charity. He's that passionate about it, which is wow. just amazing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Really lovely. Um, and then finally for Coronation Street, the other big other big kind of ongoing storyline is um is Ray's plan to, you know, uh bulldoze the cobbles and build a skyscraper. Um and that's gonna be exposed, it looks like, this week, which is very exciting. I've got the skyscraper song in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie Lovato. Yeah, so from one villain to another, we are going to be seeing Ray's plan unravel a little bit, I think, mm. as more and more people find out what he's up to and sort of come together to be like, this isn't happening. But it's a case of whether they can gate crash Ray's big mm. press launch in time or not. Yeah, so it's kind of, it's that thing of like, like you said, leading up to this moment, most people in in on the street are kind of like oblivious to what's going on. Um, but then this week is a bit of a domino effect. You know, Sally finally, it, Sally is selling. Abby kind of gets suspicious. She sees some things. She talks to Craig. Mm. He kind of says, oh, yeah, I found this document. And all the pieces come together. Um, Sally gets kind of speaks to the council. They say this planning application has been put through. And it all kind of builds and builds. And, and the street kind of comes together, which we love to see. Um, but yeah, like the question is, can they do anything against it? And, and the other question is, is does Ray have all the pieces he needs to kind of to pull this off? So the two big question marks hanging over it are, you know, can he get the factory? People on the street don't know what the deal is there. Um, and also, Abby's got some plans um, with the brewery and whether she can kind of make it a historical landmark. And So yeah, the, the street is rallying to kind of stop him, which is it's definitely going to make some good, good telly. Yeah, it's a real meeting of minds. They all sort of come together and they... As a team, they want to put a stop to it. But yeah, it's a case of whether they can. And Ray responds by making them an offer, which leaves mm. Sally, Dev, Brian, Roy, people like that with a lot to discuss. And like you say, Abby trusts the wrong person in Debbie, who we know is Ray's sidekick. So it's, you know, it's a real, um, it's a complicated one, but yes. we shall see. I Definitely. have a feeling it'll all work out. But yeah. you know. You never know, but yeah, I, I expect so too. Um, speaking of um, complicated interlocking storylines, um, let's move on to EastEnders. Um, there's only one thing we can really talk about with EastEnders, and that is the whodunit that Sophie, you call from a mile away, um, I know. Uh, is, is coming to us um, this Friday. Um, we're going to have a week of Ian making even more enemies um, before someone takes revenge. Um, on Friday. Yep, Friday the 4th of December. Just call me Psychic Sophie. (laughs) (laughs) I've had the feeling this is coming for months, but yes. So next week's episode, we'll see Ian's story dominate pretty much throughout the week. Even all the other stories going along alongside it are still tied in with that Mm. because he literally, I think he pretty much falls out with every person on the square, which is impressive, to be honest. it is. So yeah, so the thing thing that's going to happen is that on Friday... He was, he's Ian's going to be attacked, right? And then, and then, yeah. as we're trying to work out, okay, like who are the suspects? I made a list, and the list is like it's Max, um, 
because of because of the money situation. It's Kathy because of the money situation. Mm-hmm. It's Tina, I think again because of um the pub. Yes. Um, Peter, because he's been cut out of the will. Um and then and he's gonna keep making enemies, so he's already kind of um annoying Suki, Linda, yep. the Mitchells, even Shirley's not gonna be happy. It's it's everyone is out to get him. Yeah, and there's a couple more twists and turns that haven't been revealed that are gonna be surprises in the episode that are gonna, you're going to be left thinking oh could it be that person could it be mm. that person you know as I am psychic Sophie I, an early prediction of mine is that it could be Sharon so I was talking Ooh. to my sister-in-law Kelly who listens to this so hi Kelly um, <laughs> about this and I said to her, I just think it could be like obviously if we go back to February you know we still got this ticking time bomb yeah that's so of, true yeah of um, the fact that Ian was partially responsible for Dennis's death and that's all gone very quiet but obviously I don't actually know anything this is just me speaking out loud but there are multiple people it could be he also spots Max and Linda kissing mm. which you know isn't ideal he falls out like you said Tina with Kathy with Bobby there's Dottie there's oh yeah past, yeah there's past beef there you know there's just the, the list like you say is endless yeah it's funny because you think about like I was going through, like, who I think it really... Like, that's the long list, but, like, the realistic... Like, I don't think... I, I, I'd I be very surprised if it was Kathy, right? I'd be yeah. very surprised if it was Tina, because it's not really what her character is. Kind of, like, it's not really the vibe. I think the Mitchells are an obvious answer. Too but obvious. Maybe, maybe too obvious. Mm. So there's lots of, like... You start to do the calculations in your head of, like, oh, it could be this person, could be this person. Like, and, like, say, we've got some stuff coming up this week with um, uh, Max and Linda... Uh, and and also um, with Tiffany as well. Oh yeah, of course. There's the rainy Stuart Tiffany saga because Ian puts a spanner in the works there by letting Whitney know what Tiffany is planning. So there, you know, honestly, I, it literally could be anyone. I think yeah. it, you know it's wide open right now, and that's who done it. We love, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, that's the only the kind of the big thing for Eastenders. So um, we'll keep watching and keeps the keeps in the loop. And also, if you're watching and you're guessing, let us know. Um, do let tweet us, us um, and let us know who you think is going to do it because I want to know your theories. Yeah, there's something really there's something really satisfying about being right about someone you called yeah. really early on. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> right, um, and then finally, um, we'll move on to Hollyoaks. Yep, absolutely. So we have the big well, the big story next week is the ongoing McQueen blackmail plot. We've talked Ooh. about it loads, honestly, but I think next week things really do step up a gear. Silas is. Well, he's, we know he's around, but he really is around next week. Yeah. He targets Cher, whose own secret about killing her sister comes out. So at the start of the week, we'll see Silver really desperately try and keep that under wraps. But, you know, nothing can stay under wraps, especially when there's like a creepy doll mm. hanging around. So that comes out. She goes on a bit of a bender. She's very upset. And Silas finds her, comes face to face with her and then sends a picture of her in this very drunken, fragile state to Mercedes, mm-hmm. who then realises that Silas is around, goes off to find him. Well, she's really, like, had enough, hasn't she, Mercedes, yeah, at this point? Yeah, she, she's kind of been... She's she's umming and ahhing um, about what to do, and then this is the last straw, I think, that pushes her over the edge to be like, okay, someone needs to act. But this is happening right now. Like, if we don't intervene, who knows what will happen? So, yeah, she yeah. goes goes to find them yeah and it's funny you just said pushes her over the edge I think that is literally literally what might happen happen, if you've watched the Hollyoaks trailer it's looking like she's going to fall back off an edge and obviously we know she's pregnant she announced that during the anniversary episode back in October so yeah that's very worrying we'll have to Mm. see what happens there yeah it's another another step in this in this um the blackmail storyline. It's so interesting. I think it's it's funny because it's almost been like um I, someone described it to me as a bit as like almost like a te- like a trivia test. Like if you can yeah. if you could follow it and you can remember why they're all being kind of mm. blackmailed, um it's kind of like a yeah, like a, a little Hollyoaks history test. Yeah, it's like a little game, isn't it? It's yeah. like, oh, can you remember what that person did? Oh yeah, yeah. she killed someone about ten years ago. Is that <laughs> yeah? <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm quite enjoying it. And then finally, the second big story of the week is also Partially McQueen related yeah. as yeah, as Joel is going to be getting a little bit too cozy with Teresa. Yeah, it's um this the show's gonna kind of revisit um a bit of their history. Yeah. Um, obviously she's been gone for a while, but she's just come back. Um and Joel and Goldie are kind of like he's made you know, made a new life with Goldie, but there's there's kind of um he still it seems like he still has feelings for Teresa and it's still and it feels like he still definitely has feelings for Cleo. Yeah. Um, that's the other kind of this in this love quad 
in this love square rather than love triangle. I know with three McQueens. I mean, yeah. <laughs> couldn't get any, couldn't really get any more complicated, could it? But yeah, it's looking like he is going to have some little interaction with Teresa that's going to be leaving him feeling very guilty. I don't quite know what happens, but like we say, secrets don't stay secret in Hollyoaks. And no, definitely not. Especially even not less at the moment. so. With the doll, yeah, exactly. So I don't think it'll be long until that gets back to Goldie, who's going to be very devastated. Yeah, so we'll have to wait and see um, the exact details of that one. But yeah, it's going to be a messy couple of weeks for for Joel, I think. Definitely. Um, and that's all we've got time for in terms of spoilers. Um, let us know uh, which storylines you're really enjoying, which ones you think need a bit of a, a tweak or a change, anything that you kind of are excited to see pan out over the next few months, because it's all happening. So we're kind of... Um, we're all waiting with bated breath to see how various things, various whodunits um, play out. Yes, and let us know who you think attacks Ian. Want to yeah, know. A, yeah, I want to know your theories. Um, and you can let us know your theories um, on Twitter and Facebook. So on Facebook, we're um, facebook.com forward slash digital spy soaps. On Twitter, we're at soapscoop. Um, and you can read more about all of the spoilers that we just talked about over on digitalspy.com forward slash soaps. Yep, and you know the rest of the drill. Leave us a review, leave us five stars, subscribe, and then you'll get to the very final episode as it lands at 8am on Friday. And we will see you next week. Have a great few days. Stay safe, stay Mm. warm. Keep watching Christmas films, put up your Christmas tree. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) All right, folks, we shall see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.